0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. We are live streaming this T20 World Cup preview. It's the semi-finals, Rich. It's the semi-finals. <laughs>
1: There's the energy. It is the semi-finals. We've got this far, Rob. I don't know how we've got this far, but we have got this far, haven't we? Looking forward to some big, big games.
0: Huge, mm. huge games of cricket, mate. I've got I've got my strong English accent while wearing Ooh. an Auckland top. I'm I'm completely split. If if it was if I was at the ground. I'd be in half a black cap shirt and half an oh, no. England blue shirt. No. And everyone would hate me.
1: Yes, absolutely right. And I'm not sure you think you've, you know, you think you've still got a strong England accent, but you chucking around your darters and all the rest
0: of it. <laughs> One of them. One of them. <laughs> You're a Kiwi. Of You're a part of Kiwi. <laughs> so. Part Kiwi. You fish and chips. Um, yes, but man. it's a it's a blockbuster episode, mate. It's really really exciting times. The game kicks off. Mm. I think it's two three a.m. out here, so can't wait for to that. Now, as part of this, we've been running our podcast through every single game that's gone on through this competition. And to, mm-hmm. as a build-up to the semi-finals, I think it's really important just to close off because it was a massive game. New Zealand versus Afghanistan was the first, you could call it a quarter-final contest because essentially, minus India winning, um, the, the, the winner was going into the semi-finals to play against England, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we built it up, didn't we? And I,
1: everybody built it up. This was the first knockout game in, in, in effect, wasn't it? It was also the game that would either give India a chance or completely screw India. Um <laughs> basically that's what it is isn't it you know we called it the big one basically so if New Zealand won let's just clarify they went through to the semi-finals but if Afghanistan won it would have meant the second place team would be decided on net run rate between New Zealand Afghanistan and India assuming India went on to beat Namibia which was the day after this game in the last group stage Uh, but obviously this was all made completely irrelevant as New Zealand clinched an efficient clinical and convincing eight wicket win with 11 balls left in this encounter um so let's get us up to date then Afghanistan they batted first up Rob didn't they they put up a respectable. But very under par, 124 for eight, which yeah. after stumbling to 19 for three or 5.1 overs, no. You know, Bolt, Milne, They all grabbed an early wicket each day and the seamers all kicking on. It was never, ever going to be easy. Uh, so after this, it was always going to be a struggle. I would say Najibullah Zadran batting down at five, did everything he possibly could to keep Afghanistan in the game with his 48 ball, 73. Um, When you get 124 and you've got one bloke getting 73, there's a lot of people not contributing. Um, Zadran hit nine boundaries, Robert, including three sixes. Three sixes, that is the same amount of boundaries as the rest of the team, basically. Wow. three boundaries for the other ten blokes or well, well not quite the other ten blokes is some, some couple of people with the pads on not responsible. um Gubbin and nave 15, Mohammed Nabi 14 with the only of us to stick around for a little bit. Credit must go though to your bowlers Rob, your data, Kiwi bowlers. Uh, who all produced some fantastic performances and figures? Trent Bolt led the way, three for 17. Tim Southie, two for 24. One of the leading wicket takers in T20 cricket ever. Adam Milne, one for 17. And Jimmy Nishan, one for 24. All off there, allotted of four overs. Ish Sodi also grabbed himself a wicket. New Zealand. With the bat, 18.1 overs. It took them to overcome the Afghani total and claim their place in the upcoming semi-final. Uh, openers, Martin Guptill, 28 of 23, and Daryl Mitchell, 17 of 12, got them off to a steady start. But once they both departed, it was down to skipper and absolute steady superstar. I don't know how to describe Kane Williamson in another way. That's what he is. Uh, De- Kane Williamson and Devon Conway, they saw them home. Williamson finished 40, not out of 42 balls. Very steady. Whilst Conway, 36, not out of 32. Um spin superstars Majib Uraman and Rashid Khan both grabbed a wicket each for Afghanistan in their final World Cup game.
0: It was it was great, mate. We did we did the live stream, mm. or I did the live stream on here, you and I did. was on mute for 36 minutes while <laughs> I was chatting about the game, which was a a fatal schoolboy error. It was a trial, wasn't it? Just
1: to see if it's something we'd do in the future.
0: Yeah, and you know what? If you're going to go, the Black Caps are going to win by eight wickets... You're probably going to say it's going to take them 18 overs to knock them off and they've probably bowled mm-hmm. really, really well and controlled the game really well throughout mm-hmm. without doing anything spectacular. They bowled a lot of dot balls. They fielded really well. They they got great opportunities and took control of them. And I think what was important, Adam Milne was exceptional. He bowled mm-hmm. in the power play and they got away with it. They got extra overs of him early doors because he has been expensive throughout the competition. This was his best performance. Jimmy Neesham's mm. a bowler that can go at nines and tens quite easy without batting an eyelid. He went at sixes. So they got great mm. utilization from their seam attack to back up Bolt and Southie doing spectacular Bolt and Southie type things. <laughs> Santner and Ish, they were just Steady. they were there. They didn't really add that much to the to the game, to be honest. But you know, it was it was just a Kiwi performance. It was methodical. They did the basics yep. well. And every time you talk about the Kiwis game, they always do the basics well. And they yep. always, you know, they don't go for many and they don't score very quickly. It's the same plan every time.
1: Germany, I keep saying it. New yep. Zealand are the German football team of this Cricket World Cup. Mm-hmm. Efficient efficient without got the solid players, good players, but they don't have those superstars or those, those yeah. flare players, maybe. So anyway, New Zealand got themselves through to that semi final, Well, well deserved, but let's just wrap up the last couple of games, Pakistan, Scotland. So Pakistan, they complete the set to finish with a hundred percent record in group B as they grabbed their fifth win by a margin of 72 runs against the Scotland team. It's probably polite to say they found it increasingly tough in the super 12 stage of this world yeah. cup. Um, Pakistan, superb. Only unbeaten team, weren't they? So they batted first. They got a total of 189 for four. Babar Azam top scoring with 66 of 47. Eight boundaries, including three sixes. Uh, Fellow star opener, Mohamed Rizwan, was removed at the end of the power play for just 15. So that's not happened very often in this competition. So how would they respond? Well, pretty well, Rob. As Zaman went for eight uh, with a score on 59 for two. So Scotland did have a little little look in there, didn't they? They had a little chink in the armour of Pakistan, but it didn't really mean much. So um, as much as Scotland would have been satisfied at that point, Pakistan just rolled on. Mohammed Afi struck a fluent 19 ball 31, and then Shoaib Malik took the innings home with a lovely and brutal uh, unbeaten 54 off just the 18 deliveries. A brilliant display of six hitting with him clearing the rope six times in his short but brilliant innings. I think only one four in, in amongst all that. Um, Chris Greaves, that's sad to deal with is isn't it? Chris Greaves grabbed two for 43, with the other two wickets going to Safian Sharif, one for 41, and slow left arm Hamza Tahir. Who took 124 and bowled well as he only went for two boundaries in his four overs. Which, when you think about some of the uh, destruction going on, that's really, really respectable figures for Tahir. Um, Scotland started okay again, but as they were trying to get the innings moving, they lost a clump of top order wickets, finding themselves reduced to 41 for three in the 11th over. So that run rate's never going to cut it on that chase, but at least they weren't throwing wickets away in the first 10. Uh, Richie Barrington battered well to hold the innings together with well deserved half century finish, not out 54 of 37. He'll be proud of that one um scotland battered the overs to finish 117 for six uh pakistan as you'd expect bowled well yet again it's just what they seem to do we spoke about new zealand pakistan very very similar they're just going about the business very quietly and very efficiently in some respects Shalem khan uh, led the wicket takes with a stingy two for 14 off four with seamers harris ralph asif ali and shahid Afridi all grabbing a wicket each so pakistan march on as the only unbeaten team left in the competition and they must now be seen as favorites to take home the trophy um, especially when you consider how well they've done after the lack of match practice before the event (laughs) and the change of the coaching setup, This has been a brilliant achievement by this Pakistan team. Even if they don't go on and win this competition, they should still be very, very proud of what they've achieved um, considering all things.
0: They've definitely done the nation proud, haven't they? Like They're a passionate nation. They're a cricket-loving nation who are hurting. And they've come together and the players have... You know, proud as punch. There you go. There's the English in me coming out. proud as punch these mm. Pakistanis and, and how they're going about the business. Mm. It's just excellent performances all around. Babar Azam is doing Babar Azam-type things. Top scorer at the uh, ODI World Cup. This World Cup, he's got four 50s from five innings. The only fail was against the Black Caps, and that's because Black Caps are pretty good at cricket as well and play a similar sort of game. It, it's just stereotypical. This is a stereotypical Pakistani batting performance they were in the mire 35 for none, leaving themselves wickets in hand they get to 15 mm. overs to 112 for three they've got huge amounts of wickets in hand and then the power play goes bonsai and they hit 43 runs in the final two overs um including another sorry four out of the five overs in the power play went for over 12 runs at, at the death at the death not at the mm. power play essentially what they do is they score this many runs and then they go to the next set and they score this many runs. And then they go to the final set mm-hmm. of the death and they've just they're doing this. And they <laughs> do <it all laughs> well. Amazingly, every single time when we see teams struggle when it comes to the death, because they've already lost wickets or the picking out fielders, mm. a little bit a la England against South Africa and the Rabada hat trick. But Pakistan have just got a way of doing it. They're a very The the well-rounded. I like well-rounded people. I like well-rounded teams. And they're a well-rounded cricket team playing well-rounded cricket.
1: (laughs) They certainly are. And they're going to be a big, big... well, they're going to be the big team to overcome, aren't they? You would hope that they would get themselves through to the final. They certainly deserve it, uh, and we probably are a little bit biased when we, because they will be up against Australia <laughs> in the semi-final that we'll get to and have a chat about very, very shortly. But we can't finish this chat of the uh, the group stage without wrapping up every single game, Rob. And this is the final group stage of the Super Twelve. We did the qualifying competition. We've done the group stage. India, 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 India. Not forgetting they were playing Namibia, but India. <laughs> this is who we need to talk about now, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's just go through it first and then we'll just chat a little bit more around it. So after the outcome, obviously the New Zealand Afghanistan game, this was basically a dead rubber. Um, The last game of a gripping group stage. I don't care if anyone criticizes this competition, excuse me, Indian head coach, um, this has been a great competition, but this obviously ended with a predictably convincing win for India. They claimed a nine-wicket cruise of a win, with Kale Rahul seeing them home with an unbeaten 50. So Namibia once again, they, well, they bad first in this one, but they once again put up a respectable total, 132 for eight for this one. Uh, Stephen Bard and David vice were the top performers of 21 and 26, respectively. But it was the ravi spin duo, uh, Ashwan and Jadeja, that proved the keys for the Indian attack. Ravi Chandran took himself three for 20, and Jadeja... Uh, Claimed a man of the match worthy three for 16. JJ Bumrah also did JJ Bumrah things two for 16 for him. Um, Rohit Sharma, who has uh, recently, I think yesterday, was announced as Virat Kohli's successor as captain of the T20 side. Got things off to an absolute flyer again, hitting 56 off 37 before being dismissed by Jan Freiling, the only Namibian bowling success of the day. Uh, Surya Kumar Yadav joined Rahul and struck 20-5 off 19 to get India over the line with Rahul's unbeaten 54 in just 34 balls. So excellent, excellent performance once more for India will rue their slow start to this competition as they board their flight back home to watch the upcoming semis and final from the comfort of their armchairs um as for outgoing captain virat kohli he ended with a win again and he you know yeah. he showed what he is as a captain he turned this competition around after losing the first two games he turned this team around and they were just brutal um but f- for his batting though it's a bit of a sad end in the t20 world isn't it because basically all he's got for the, you know to show for his batting is a bit of pad rash um because <laughs> he was the next man in wasn't he so not the end he or india had in mind when this competition started bearing in mind they were joint favourites with england so yeah. It's a shame in some ways that New Zealand got that win because it would have been nice to have really took it down to the last game, but obviously it wouldn't have been a shame or, or you won't see it as a shame because obviously I, I assume India would have uh, would have topped it on net run
0: rate uh, I'd say if so, it had have gone down there. So, I think the question yeah. is, if India had a better draw, as in they played Namibia and Scotland-Afghanistan in the first three games and then yeah. New Zealand and Pakistan – Are we looking at a different outcome where they've gone and they've won the group? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, obviously, you know, it's all all up in the air. You know, it's irrelevant, isn't it?
1: Absolutely irrelevant. But it could well have changed things. It's their own fault that they started slowly. Yeah. You know, yes, they were up against the better teams. But you have to be ready, you have to be prepared. They were playing IPL until, you know, a little while before. So maybe that's where the issue, you know, the there's the obsession, and I'm not using that as a critical word, but their obsession with IPL has meant that it took them time to bed together as as an Indian T twenty eleven rather than a disparate group of eleven individuals that then came together eventually. Um yeah it just shows you the character of the squad we know the qualities there we know that they underperformed in the first two games even though credit should go to pakistan and new zealand but they showed the quality and character that they came back they showed what they did against england They've, this india setup has got grit it's got determination it's got fight it's got all those things and they came back yes against the lesser nations but they still had to get those results and they had to get them really really convincingly and efficiently didn't they as well yeah. um if they had of uh, if the, if new zealand sorry had have been beaten by afghanistan then the, the, the run rates would have been easily in India's favour yeah. because New Zealand's would have come down a bit, Afghanistan's would have gone up a bit, but India finished 1.747, which was the best in the group, even better than Pakistan's. So they would have found themselves in the semi-final, but they've only got themselves to blame for not getting off the plane quick enough and getting, you know, hitting the ground and, uh, and getting moving.
0: I, the way I look at it, I go, they've let themselves down. They, hands down, before we came into this tournament, to me, one of the favourites. Best players in the world. KL Rahul, lighting it up in the IPL. Top run scorer two years in a row. Rohit Sharma, the best opener mm. in world cricket. Test match one day. T20, he can play all the formats. He can probably do well in the back garden as well. Yeah. Why Why did they put why? him at number three at the start of the tournament? Like It's small things like that that is purely mm. down to coaching and coaches getting it wrong. I, I think they fundamentally not worked out how their game is. And towards the end, they got it. Because Sharma, mm. 74 against Afghanistan, 30 against yep. Scotland, 56 against Middle. Khera mm. 69, 50, 54 not out. They worked it out and they mm. upped their strike rate. The strike rate was terrible at the start. They, they, they actually finished mm. with a 143 strike rate for the competition, mm. which is the second best just behind England. But that was way down. Way mm. down, the spin was way down, and it only got up to a 114 strike rate. So they struggled mm. against quality team spin in the middle overs. Adil Rashid taking a whole bunch of wickets, Ixtodi <laughs> taking some wickets in the middle. And I would never have looked at this Indian team and gone, you've got a problem playing spin in the middle overs. Never.
1: Never. Mm. It's not the thing you would have expected to be pointing out as a, why have they not qualified for the semi-final? You'd have thought maybe an injury or a couple of uh, key players had, had gone out a bit like England. Um, yeah. You know, injuries to key players or maybe a Rahul or Sharma for some reason, just couldn't get into the, get into their groove in this tournament. But Openers, like a lot of teams, like Pakistan, like Afghanistan, like England, openers have been key for this Indian team, haven't they? The opening partnership, Rahul and Sharma, have been exceptional. The bowling has been great as well. How on earth has this Indian team not got, its, got itself through to the semi-final? Again, no criticism of Pakistan and New Zealand. This is what tournaments are all about. It's about who comes in prepared. Pakistan have shown you don't have to have had all those games in the run-up. They've come in and, and hit, you know, been unbeaten. Fantastic. Yeah. They just they hit the ground, they were determined, they wanted something about this. You wonder whether India didn't see this um as as you know, didn't take it seriously, didn't see it as as important, especially on the back of the the IPL, which potentially some of those players might see as more important as their preference. Um, but they got a rude awakening, didn't they? Really, they got a bit of a slap around the face, um, and, and it made them maybe it humbled them a little bit. It made them maybe get back to work, get back to some of the basics behind the scenes. Uh, and I'm sure Virat Kohli would have been telling them some, some you know, some hard truths as well, um, yeah. just to get a, get them back up and running. Because there's a team of superstars, team of egos in there. And again, we've said this a number of times when we talk about egos. It's not necessarily a negative thing. It just it just means it's something that you have to try and control a little bit. Yeah. Um. And India maybe just got ahead of themselves. Maybe they just thought they were the team to beat in this, without realising that they had to beat other teams first.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I. agree, mate. There's there's work to do. They've got an outstanding lineup, and the next World Cup's mm. only in a year's time, anyway, because of how it's all worked out. So they're going to be red hot by the time they come in, and I think it's down in Australia or up in Australia from where I am. Mm. So I can just see. See Tim Payne going, see you at the Gabba, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the Indian
0: team that will turn up oh. and probably go on and
1: win the World Cup. Yeah. Well, we've got to get to them Aussies in a minute, mate. We'll get to them semi finals. Oh, one, one question. One question. How many
0: centuries have you got?
1: Oh, the same amount as Tim Payne. That,
0: same as Tim Payne. Same. Same team.
1: Yeah. I have the same as Tim Payne. Yeah. Um, Yes, we will tell you who's going to win the semi-finals. Uh, Java with Yousef is going to be off down to, if, if he's a gambling man, he might not be a gambling man, he could be straight down to the bookies once we tell him who's going to win the semi-finals. No. <laughs> we're we going to tell we... you that
0: right now, mate. We're going to get some into some semi-final, <laughs> semifinal action, Rich. It's, yes. it's, it's what we're here for. It's it's the Absolutely. big cheese. It's, it's, the main event. it's like getting ready for a night out before the big night out. It's excitement.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we've got two crackers coming up, haven't we? So if we just quickly just mop up where we are. So uh, obviously England and Australia qualified out of Group 1, both on eight points. South Africa just missing out despite beating England and then Pakistan and New Zealand. So that's where we are. Who's playing, Rob? England against New Zealand, a replay of the 2019 ODI World Cup final, a repeat of the 2016 T20 World Cup semi-final, which England won by seven wickets. However, it won't be history repeating exactly because the star of that game, Jason Roy, who struck a rapid 78, is going to be the missing man at the top of the order for England. Uh, Hamstring injury, obviously stained it in their last game against South Africa, has ruled him out the remainder of the competition. James Vince, never far from an England squad, was called up as his replacement. We should just call him England squad shadow man. He's just <laughs> always there just waiting around the corner, isn't he? Um he could find his way to starting 11 if they go like for like change. Skipper Owen Morgan will wait to see the surface before a decision is made. Is it a batting is it a straight for, uh, straight swap batting sort of deck? I I think Vince would be in for Roy if they go that. I don't think Sam Billings who is the other batting uh, cover will get the game ahead of Vince. Yeah. Um so but if they go with the extra bowler it's an option, isn't it? Left arm and David Willie, maybe being the favourite if they want variation with the ball, option in the power play, bowls well at the death. he could be in there. But maybe if they want that extra pace and bounce, Reese Topley could be the man. I don't think it'll be Tom Corrin. I don't think it will be the other one that I've forgotten who it is at the moment, Rob. Uh, but I'm sure there's another one out there in the squad. Um, either way, Whatever the change is, I think we'll expect to see Johnny Bairstow jump up into the opener spot alongside Josh Butler. And if they go with that extra batter, they'll fill in at some point in the order. Um, as for New Zealand, Rob, no new injury worries and could well be unchanged. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do tweak the bowling attack. They, there are some risks in there, isn't it, with Milne, Nisham, as well yeah. as the two spinners. Uh, but I'm sure you'll have more on that. And I'm pretty sure you've got a couple of big matchups. Um, to uh, to tease the uh, tease the tease the cricketing world with
0: wetting of the whistle. Ooh, uh, I, yes. I don't think that the Black Caps should change their team. They've got depth, mm. uh, depth. So you've got your Southie and Bolt combination, which is absolute world class, and doing it time and time again. And in this tournament, Bolt taking wickets for days, Southie picking up wickets, and consistently, mm. consistent going for one for 20, one for 24 one for twenty-four, one for twenty-six, one for thirty. You know what you're going to get with Tim Southey. It's like getting baked beans on toast and you eat baked beans on <laughs> toast. He's, he's just a really hind. He's quality baked beans. Sodi and Santner will probably both play. The reason I say that is because they want options. Jimmy Neesham, mm. you can't always get four overs out because he can go for 12 yeah. and over. He can go for 14 and over, or he might give you four overs mm. for six at, at a time. So that could happen. Daryl Mitchell can throw in the overs as well. He bowls in test cricket. Mm. Not quite as good. But the key one for me, Adam Milne from this New Zealand team, can you get four good quality overs from him? Mm. And when do you bowl him? Because, Rich, the first key battle is Joss Butler, universe Joss, going up against this New Zealand place attack. Now, can England do it at the top of the order without Jason Roy? It's a huge question, and it puts more and more pressure on Onto Joss Butler. Joss Butler, let's break this down. Scoring. You've just seen the comment. Mm. I've just seen a comment saying you can't hear us. Yes, yes. It seemed like it was okay before. Let's have a double check. On to did, did Joss Butler. You... Yeah, it's working. It's working. It is. It's working. Don't I'm not sure only... about that. Give yourself... Yeah. Um, Check, check your mute. Check your mute. Check everyone's on mute. Rob, Rob knows very well about mute. After his uh,
1: live streaming the other day, and muted for half an hour. But this time, we're pretty sure we've got some audio going. So hopefully, you can
0: hear us. We're nailing. Uh, it. If you're in there. We're nailing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Josh Butler scoring runs <laughs> of fun in this competition, <laughs> mate. His strike rate is absolutely off the charts. He's got a 195 strike rate against spin, and you're looking at him, and he's scoring. He scored 240 runs, and he's doing this, and he's doing that. But the fundamental problem is he's scoring 101 against mm. spin. 271 off right arm seam, Tim Southey, Adam Milne, he's going to enjoy facing you. 160 mm. off left arm pace, which is when Trent Bolt comes in. But mm. right arm spin, 103 strike rate. Left mm. arm spin, Mitch Santner, 100 strike rate. The Kiwis have got to look at how they can mm. bowl Mitch Santner in the power play because he does bowl and mm. there's if he can get in there and he can get Josh Butler who isn't going bonsai off spinners at the moment they've got a really really good mm. chance the spin bowling attack for New Zealand goes at a 6.86 economy rate which is good it is good england's mm. is better but the new zealand seam attack for this rest of this lineup has got a 6.07 economy rate throughout and that is where mm. the consistency comes they build pressure and everyone does their job David Milan, Owen Morgan, Joss Butler, Liam Livingston mm. versus Ish Sodhi and Mitchell Santner. They all go mm-hmm. under a 103 strike rate. Johnny Bairstow plays spin really well, Rich. The problem He's is, when he goes and opens, mm. who mm. plays spin well in the, in the middle overs for this England team? It's a um, Good question. It, go, it's going to be challenging because you're losing one one of the the key assets that you've got in the middle overs to to really score runs. The other main matchup mm. is England's bowling unit and how do they control mm. the middle overs for me. They're the, the best opening bowling attack in the competition at the moment. They mm. take runs and they you know generally keep teams under control and they can win the game in those moments. Chris mm. Wokes is good. Tom L Mills was very good when he was bowling. Mm. And Moe Ali's been really good with his spin. But the middle overs is going to be key for England. Mm. Reason being, Adil Rashid, 4.95 economy rate in the middle overs and takes a wicket every 13 balls. And mm. you look at this this New Zealand team and the way they set up, they've got mm-hmm. aggressive players at the top. They've got makeshift openers in Daryl Mitchell. You've got Martin Gupto, who is world class, but... Can he go on and get a big score? Mm. And then you've got Kane Williamson and Devon Conway who are a complete contrast of each other in this competition so far. Mm. Kane William's an exceptional player but he's got a long-term elbow injury which is really restricting him. He's going at a 118 strike rate off-scene bowling in these middle overs and overall. But he's going at 81 mm. against spin. So if you start bowling Adil Rashid, if you start bowling mm. Moeen Ali and trying to get that match up, it's a really good position for England to be in in the middle overs. Likewise, mm. Devon Conway, exceptional player, 200 on debut at Lords. He's, he's been doing it. He averages 50 in everything he does. Mm. But the fact is, this competition, he's got a 136 strike rate against spin and he's playing it really well, the opposite to Williamson. However, his strike race against pace is 72. So between the two, England need to find a way of starting mm. to dot up and getting these matchups right. Get Williamson on strike and dot him up with the spinners because we know mm. he can get off strike well. Um, with the pace bowlers and then it opens new zealand up for glenn phillips coming in jimmy Neesham coming in and doing a a little bit of bonsai so they're the big two you've got to stop saying bonsai i'm sure it's more of a tree than actually going to yeah they're they're the matchups (laughs) for me it's joss butler against this new zealand attack and Mm -hmm. england against the new zealand spin attack because we know england play pace well and then it's can England control the middle overs? If they control the middle overs, New Zealand are only going to score one twenty. That's 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 it. Right. Who's yeah. gonna win it? Um, other-
1: I don't know. I'm not going to take take long. I just want to make a couple of things here. First one, Chris Wokes. Does he play? Yes or no? Got him, got him. To. He's too good not to. Yep. Play. Okay, good because he's obviously just he's, he had a great start to the competition, but he's obviously gone. You know, economy rate's been going up and up and up, hasn't it? Um, so it's just worth just something. You know, just seeing if they do make any other changes. I think you're staying as well. Um, Kane Williamson. I think he's been doing what he needs to do. I think strike rate is reflective of that. Yep. Um, I also think a little bit that I, I don't know, just, I think this England batting lineup will do what they need to do. Um, I think Santner and Sodi have been going pretty well, but they're not the best spinners in the world, are they? And I think England will be brave enough to take chances and take a risk against those spinners. It's not yeah. like your ideal Rashid's Majibi Raman's, it's not like Shalib Khan and others, and Imad Basim or the Indian spinners or whatever. These are pretty. Relative, well, relatively ordinary spinners, um, in, in, in the world scheme of things, aren't they? In the world cricket, so I think England will have success against them. So, I think that's you,
0: that. You, I you've think got to, play. um, you've got to go after Santna, you've got to pick you yeah, guys, he's the weak link, mate.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, for me, who's going to win? England, it's got to be. Come on, Ooh. I know th- me, I-
0: just me. <laughs> i i think england are the better team and i think england are gonna win and i think they're gonna win (laughs) yeah i think they're gonna win for a few reasons and glenn phillips can't get it off off the pitch from right arm seam bowling. nor can devon conway there's your number four and five that's struggling against that um daryl mitchell's a makeshift opener and i think he'll get found (laughs) out A lot of pressure on Guptill, a lot of pressure on Kane Williamson who can't get spinners off the track. Um, and it's a very long tail. Well, I just I think England, even with injuries, are the stronger team out of the two here. And you know anyone watching who's just a general fan, who's not an England fan or not a New Zealand fan, they're going to turn around and say England's the better cricket team. Just the Kiwis mm-hmm. overperform and prepare really well for things. So there won't be a pushover, but England will win Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the way it's going to go. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. But I think
1: the big game, the best game of these semi-finals, is going to be Pakistan-Australia, Rob. Um, So we are obviously very, very biased. We're looking forward to England-New Zealand. Rob, you're living in New Zealand. I live in England. We're both Englishmen. We are looking forward to that game. But Pakistan-Australia has to be the big one. Uh, Pakistan, as we said, the only unbeaten team in the group stage up against this Australian team that seems to be getting stronger and stronger as the competition goes on. David Warner is back. He's back to form, Rob. Mitch Marsh has come in and added another dimension, especially with the bat. And Adam Zampa, is he still the leading wicket-taker? Pretty sure he is from the group stage. He's certainly got the best figures in any game with that 5-19, I think it was, uh, the other day. Look, any team attack as well that has a choice, you know, of basically the likes of Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark, Josh Hayes, would be a match for any team on their day. As for Pakistan, what more can we say about this team? They have been exceptional. Led brilliantly as Skipper and Oatabar Azam has been a star of the competition alongside fellow opener Mohamed Rizwan. Their partnership is sensational. The records, the stats, whatever you want to say, and just, just the eye test. They are absolutely brilliant as an opening partnership. Uh, Shah Afridi, the big guy, he leads the attack brilliantly spotted by Harris-Ralph and Asif Ali, obviously, with the wile of spinners Shalib Khan and Imad Wazim. Such a ball and attack is full of variety, options and no little quality. They're going to be needed to be on their A-game, though, to suppress these Aussies. But that's a hell of a team uh, Pakistan got at the moment. And as we've said, Pakistan always looked like a good team, but they just didn't seem to be able to put the results together. They're now doing that. This is a dangerous, dangerous Pakistan team, and Australia will also have to be absolutely on their game. What have you got for us, Rob? Come on, break it
0: down for me, mate. A mm, couple, couple of things. Gets warmed up. Right. Oh. So these, these teams have played in UAE before, which is absolutely fine. That's, that's really good for them. Pakistan won three... Uh, sorry, Pakistan one two one when they played a few years ago. And Pakistan mm-hmm. in the last six games have played off three and two up with one, no results. Key battles, Australia against spin. Australia have played really good cricket. Let's be honest. They they have improved vastly since before the tournament, before all the warm-ups where there was calling for Justin Langer's head and they were tr- struggling to put out a team because people wanted to play elsewhere. They've turned it around. 152 strike rate against pace. However... Minus David Warner, who is absolutely, he's gone from being dropped and never playing cricket for Australia again to a strike rate of 141 against Spin in this competition, which is extremely high. The Australian team has got a 103 strike rate against Spin. Get Spin early into this attack. Finch is really, really poor against Spin, a 75 strike rate Matthew Wade, 86. Glenn Maxwell, 90. Steve Smith, the great Steve Smith, a 94 strike rate. This, it, this is a critical area of the game. If David Warner takes the strike and hits the spinners, great. No one even thinks mm-hmm. about it. But the fact is, when you drill it down, you look at the individual players, you've got some players who are not pulling their weight. Particularly, the, the matchup that I really like is Imad Wazim, who's got a 5.67 economy rate. And takes wickets early. Bowls in the power play, bowls in the middle overs, creates great pressure. Hassan Ali and uh, Harris Ralph, both with strike rates below 12. So the ability for them to take early wickets in this game is is there. The they average two wickets in the power play, Pakistan win the bowl in, expect them to get it here. Third place, most wickets in the power play, Australia. So you can see where this next matchup is going, and it's the Pakistan lineup. For Australia to win this game, they have to disrupt the Pakistan game plan. The Pakistan game plan that they execute sublimely every single time. They have got a ridiculously low average amount of runs scored in the power play. They go to the middle overs and then they're in this position. And then they can go on and execute and go big at the end. Ali, a 283 strike rate. Mohamed Hafiz a 221 strike rate off pace they've got freedom when there's wickets in hand and they've always got it because they lose 0.4 wickets in the power play which is the best by three times the second best place which is New Zealand who have a similar game plan but don't quite execute the batting um, quite the same. Pakistan are really well rounded a 142 strike rate against spin a 139 against seam but it's always the battles, Rich. It's always the battles mm. that you line up. And Mohamed Hafiz, we're going, oh, 221 strike rate. He's incredible. He's got an 80 strike rate against right arm spin. When's he going to come into bat? Probably the middle overs. Who's going to be bowling? Probably the best middle over bowler in the competition, Adam Zampa. That's the matchup that you want to get if you want to get Mohamed Hafiz out. Babar Azam, he's got 100 strike rate against right arm spin, which is low. Rizwan, 100 against right arm spin. And the immense Asif Ali, who hits the ball into the stands yeah. and wins games. Mm-hmm. 283 strike rate on the competition. He's got 100 strike rate against left arm spin. And if you're this Australian team, you've got to be looking at that matchup. And you go, Ashton that is the person that we yeah. need you to go and execute and deliver on. Australia, yeah. control take wickets they've got to take wickets if they don't take wickets Mm -hmm. they're lining themselves up for chasing 190 which I don't feel they're going to be able to do Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: good point, making that. Swar, Swaraj Shava, I'm sorry, I said your name wrong there. But yeah, it's a good point. You know, Pakistan are due a failure. And this is the thing. It's like what you say over here, isn't it? It's like, you know, London buses, the longer you wait for one, the sooner it will come. <laughs> um, and they are unbeaten in five. So, yes, you know, <laughs> the law of averages suggests you're not going to keep winning games. At some yeah. point you will stumble. But I don't see the chink in the armour of this Pakistan team yet. If they get what it's all about for me is that is that top, that opening partnership whether they bat first whether they bat second it does depend on the pitch it depends on the toss I don't know I don't know what Pakistan would prefer to do I think with that opening partnership I think it doesn't really matter what they do they get off to a flyer if they're chasing they set them up with a flyer if they're chasing if they're um, setting a target sorry but that's the key for this game completely for me is can Australian bowlers remove one of that partnership Babar Azam Muhammad
0: Rizwan. If you can break that partnership... How does Pakistan respond to that? Imagine if they both go in the first six overs, right? Both guys are out. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Because it could happen. Stark is a wicket taker, although he's not been quite prolific in this. Josh Hazelwood has been incredibly going under the radar in this tournament. I've got some stats for Hazelwood. A 5.8 economy rate and a strike Mm. rate of 10 in the power play. That tells you if he bowls two overs, he's going to get a wicket. And he's not mm. going to go for many runs. That's that's what yeah. stats do. They they tell you stuff, and that's that's what that's Ooh, telling me. Breaking. And then you've yeah. got Zamper in the middle. It's this has always been an Australia a good Australian bowling attack. They just haven't mm. always produced, and at the moment they're doing mm. enough. And they've got David Warner who is single handedly guiding that batting lineup through some pretty average performances from everyone else. I, you know mm. what wouldn't surprise me. Mitchell mm. Marsh comes in and saves the day and blasts a, a fast 50. Looks like a mm. million dollars. He scored yeah. 53 in the last game against West Indies, yeah. 16 not out against Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, incredibly didn't play a couple of games. I don't know if he was injured, mm. but he's been in really good form. He got 111 for Western Australia against uh, South Australia. Uh, he got 51 in, in playing in Dhaka against Bangladesh. Extremely talented player and they like him. Because he's a he's a needle changer, and the way I say needle changer is he, the needle's doing this, and then he can come in and hit some balls, and you start right. heading in the right, right. direction and change he's, the momentum. Yeah, he's, he's he's changed he's changed the way he plays the game, hasn't he? He was quite a steady yeah. player a few a couple of years ago, but is
1: it, is that they went over to West Indies and played some cricket uh, not long ago, you know, in advance of this tournament, and he the, the handbrake was off of him. He suddenly just went. I don't know if he started realizing his his international career might be over unless he starts doing something. So when you remove that pressure, you remove that expectation, you can suddenly perform. And that's exactly what he's doing now. He doesn't seem to be playing with any pressure or or any restrictions on him whatsoever. The lineup looks better, doesn't it? Smith's dropping down the order. He'll be back in at 11 by next year in this T20 team, (laughs) if he's still in the team. Maybe he's back in as a leg spinner. Who knows Um, where he starts. It's gone full circle for him. But this Australian team looks pretty good. But for me, again, it's that Pakistan opening partnership if they can bat through, then I think I think Pakistan are, are, have got halfway. They're halfway there basically. They'll put a score on because they know how to bat yeah. the rest of the innings when that partnership goes through. Azam has been simply quality, leading score in the competition. They've got, like you said, players that later down the order that can smash it. But with the ball, Shai Freedy has been a quiet, quiet man recently. He's been steadily going about his business. We've said a lot about a lot of teams and a lot of people. I think he's going to come big in this tournament. I can see him getting three or four wickets. And you know, and being part of the reason they either restrict Australia yeah. or bowl them out, a, setting the target, he's an X yeah. factor, isn't he? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Telemannic sort of guy. You, I just, re- I really want to see Pakistan put under pressure. They were under pressure against the mm. Black Caps, but they uh, this this is the stats: ninety-seven strike rate in the first six overs they go at, but they don't concede wickets. They move up to a one thirty-six and they score at two sixteen at the death, which is twenty runs on the strike rate ahead of England, who are in second. They've only been five wickets down going into the death once, and that was the closest game they had against the Black Caps, Mm. the one with eight balls to spare, thanks to Azif Ali starting to stick in the ball in the stands. Mm. So the thing that they really need, the Aussies really need, is either they need wickets or they need immense control, and that's what the Black Caps had when they challenged uh, Pakistan and and gave them the best account so far in the competition. But I just want to see it. I want to see... I really enjoy watching Barbara Zan back, so I don't want to see mm. him out. But I want to see them challenged and have to do something different. Because so at the moment, they've got blueprint and they're executing to blueprint every single time they take the pitch. And no one, no one can get near them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, if you want to take that one first before we, before we wrap this one up, um, go for it, Rob. Let's...
0: Pakistan's biggest challenge will be to bat first, putting a decent score against a good bowling lineup. If they lose the toss, I uh, I agree with that. I agree. Mm. I think they're a very good chasing team. I think they're a hard team to get over in the middle overs. Mm. Um, they can though, but they stretch themselves because Pakistan chose to go and field first in the last two group games that they played in. So they, mm. and that's clever. Because you know when you're playing against lesser teams, you've already qualified. It's not just about winning the game of cricket. It's about what do we need to learn about ourselves to be able to make sure we go and win the World Cup. You're not the World Cup winning team. The first group game that you go and play in, in these competitions, and I liked the fact that they went and did that and they posted big scores. They got 189, I think, um, in in one of the games, and and they've looked <laughs> equally as good doing it. You could say I'm I'm yet to see yet to see the weakness, Rich. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's difficult. We, we,
1: you can go around in circles in this game, can't you, really, with uh, with, with who, who could do what what could happen? I think this is a really good comment. I think this is probably what I'd like to finish on with this conversation is, yes, Pakistan balling hasn't been on the pump. I think team delivering the first punch may go all the way. And I think that's kind of what we're, we're trying to say a little bit, isn't it? Is that if Pakistan bat first and Australia can get an early wicket, then it could be Australia's game. If Australia bat first, and Pakistan can get a Warner or a... You know, or Finch early. I think it could be Pakistan's game. So it's all about that. Who the team batting first? I think he's going to be under pressure, especially for that first six or so overs power play. Can they keep wickets in hand? You know, Australia would suit them as well if they can keep the openers going, Um, because that's their real strength, isn't it? Finch Warner. Uh, you know, down the order, I'm not as impressed with Australia. When Smith comes in and Stoyness has been pretty good, but he's not been great. Wade, you're then losing a little bit, aren't you? But Pakistan are more set up to provide a foundation to then smash from. So, yeah, I think that's going to be it. I think that power play of whoever bats first is going to dictate the game. I think Pakistan have got just enough to keep this run going a little bit longer. Um, yeah. I think the Antipodean in you, Rob, will be going the other way.
0: Uh, you know what is the ideal final? I think for Pakistan cricket, <laughs> they win, the Black Caps win, and they go and beat the Black Caps in the final. let make no bones <laughs> Revenge. about it. Pakistan <laughs> cricket hates New Zealand cricket right now. At the moment. So at the moment. I, th- I think mm. if before the tournament, if you could have said, what does it look like? Beat India, beat the Black Caps, win the competition. Mm. So there's every chance it can happen. So I take it you're going for a Pakistan victory. Yeah, I'm going
1: Pakistan-England final. You're yeah. going New Zealand-Australia? <laughs> Just um, to go the other way?
0: No, um, no I think you'll recall that before we started yeah. this competition and we did the T20 preview, one mm-hmm. of us currently sat in New Zealand, turned around and said it'll be a Pakistan-England final and Pakistan will win. Wow. Okay, okay. Well, you're still going. I can't remember what I said. I probably had West Indies in there or something
1: ridiculous. Uh, you,
0: you had West Indies going <laughs> deep, but you had England winning it
1: uh oh, good. Well, I'm still there. I've still got a chance. Still got a chance. I can't wait for these games. I really can't. England, New Zealand is going to be great, but Pakistan, Australia is going to be greater. And that's going to be the big one for me. Uh, as an Englishman, obviously can't wait to watch this game a little bit later on today, though.
0: Mm, yeah. No spoilers. I will be not getting up at 3am for the game. I'll be watching it in the morning um, while I'm sat in this exact same spot, watching it, the replay live, avoiding the scores. It's, it's the okay. future of cricket.
1: Okay. I won't even send you an emoji. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> and can I just say, before we wrap this out, um, Swear eyes again, Australian middle order is not that inspiring in a chase though. I agree. I absolutely agree with that point. It does not. I think if their top order fails, then I'm not putting money on their middle order. Absolutely not. So, Anyway, rally on. I've got to get some dust stuff done today, Rob. So I think that's time we put a pin in it for today. And then
0: we jump back on after the semi-finals. Yep, sounds great to me. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all the interactions mm-hmm. in the chat, guys. We're just loving it. Loving the competition. Loving the interaction <laughs> with you guys. So keep it up. Right. Subscribe if you are brand new around here. You can catch us on Twitter at leading edge pod, and you can find the leading edge cricket podcast. Everywhere that podcasts are available. (laughs) So uh, take a quick look. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.